Hey there, everybody. This is your host, Michelle Ann Olson, and you are listening to Are You Afraid of the Bark? The podcast that goes bark in the night. Welcome to episode 10 of the podcast. Very excited to have hit this double-digit milestone, and let's take a moment to celebrate that because it'll be quite a while longer until we hit um, the three-digit mark. So yeah, episode 10, very excited. Excited to be bringing it to you on time this time around after my extended hiatus. My voice is still not 100%, but I promise that when I'm not in front of the mic and when I'm not at work, I am being very silent and very introspective. So I am doing what I can to get it back to full force. But for me, it was important to get this to you on time this spooky Halloween season. I don't want to let it pass us by without telling a few more good animal ghost stories. And I'm hoping that this topic, one that I find to be both scientific and spooky, will help get you into that Halloween mood. How have I been doing that? How have I been getting myself into the Halloween mood? Like I said, my apartment is decorated with like the very best Halloween decorations that Dollarama has to offer. Got little plastic pumpkins everywhere. I'm currently wearing my I think it's quite fantastic. My fantastic Saturday Night Live shirt with David S. Pumpkins on it. If you've not looked up that sketch with Tom Hanks, stop listening. Do come back, but stop listening and go watch it. It was an instant classic in my mind. What I'm also doing to prepare myself for Halloween is just saturating my entertainment with like horror movies and book and TV shows. If you follow the podcast on Twitter, you'll know that I'm slowly making my way through The Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. This show has got a ton of buzz, and rightfully so. Not only is it just scaring the pants off of me and giving me super weird dreams on the regular, but it is so just pristinely written and acted, and I'm so emotionally invested in the characters and the narrative. I'm about halfway through because I have to watch it very slowly with many breaks so I don't have a heart attack, but I'm just, I'm, I'm drawn in. Totally worth it. I recommend it to you if you're a fan of gothic horror or like if just if you're a fan of good character development and good writing you should be watching it. So I am ready for Halloween and I am ready to delve into the special topic of this 10th episode of Are You Afraid of the Bark? I say special topic because it's one that I've been thinking about doing for a while. One though that I wanted to be able to do some justice to because I know that there's a lot of material out there on this topic. So hopefully I'm going to do the topic justice today in this episode 10 by reading some stories, firsthand accounts of people who have experienced this phenomena and also presenting some of the scientific theories and even specific studies that have been done to explain from a behavioral perspective what might be happening when our cats or dogs appear to be witnessing the paranormal, the supernatural, something that we cannot see or hear. That's the topic. Do cats and dogs, can they see and hear and sense what we do not or cannot? And when they do that, are they truly sensing 
the paranormal. I sort of previewed this topic in a social media post a few days ago, and instantly I had people saying, yeah, my cat totally does that. Does that thing where he just stares at the same spot on the wall, absolutely intent, and I'm positive that he's staring right at a ghost or a demon, and it scares the crap out of me. So this is something that, as a pet owner, you're probably familiar with. When your cat or dog gets just deathly quiet and focuses on air or the wall or a painting or an object with such intense focus that you're sure they're seeing something that you cannot. Coco does this all the time and she does it in the bedroom, often when I'm in bed, most often when I'm alone, when my boyfriend is not home. She'll jump on the bed and she will stare with such focus at the bottom right-hand corner of my bedroom, like on the ceiling, so the ceiling closest to where my feet are, right at that right-hand corner, just will stare with eyes wide, laser focus, and then make those kind of mouth sounds the chirping sounds that cats make when they're staring at a bird or another prey animal out the window. And then as suddenly as she starts this, she'll kind of snap out of it, and it's like nothing happened. But when she's in that state, even if I'm talking to her, she's not really aware or doesn't seem to be aware of my presence. She's so focused on whatever she's seeing or hearing. I hate it. It's super, super creepy. And she's not the only cat that I've known in my life to do this kind of thing. I just hate that she does it when I'm alone and always that same spot in the bedroom. It's very bizarre. We'll start off with addressing the fact that across many cultures and across history, both cats and dogs have been associated in their own way with the parents. So dogs throughout history have been seen as our protectors, and I think that that's very true. A dog's relationship to its owner is very loyal. There are dogs who are willing to put themselves in harm's way for their owner or for their family. So dogs throughout history and across cultures were seen as being able to break down the barrier of lies that might be presented by the paranormal. So if something like a demon or an evil spirit or an evil person were to present itself to the dog's owner, the dog would be able to cut through that disguise and see the evil thing within and be able to warn its owner. So dogs were said to be able to identify the devil when he was present on earth or demons, the devil's associates, if you will. Now, cats have also been throughout history associated with the paranormal, but their involvement is a little bit less innocent. So we know, of course, that cats have been seen throughout history as the familiars of witches, animals that have a close relationship with a witch, maybe have some level of supernatural powers themselves, serve as the witch's companion, and maybe sort of an accomplice able to go out and do her bidding. There's even fantastic art work of witches riding their familiars in the form of horse-sized cats into the night. So cats have also been associated with the supernatural, but are seen as being perhaps more complicit with those paranormal forces than dogs. Cats have also been said to be able to sense spirits in the home and have even given warning or acted bizarrely prior to 
what an owner might describe as an experience with aliens. So cats do seem to clue in to those paranormal happenings before they are about to happen. So that's sort of the historical take that we've had across different times and cultures about the involvement of our domestic animals in the occult. I'd like to share with you a few stories verbatim of owners from a few different sources, and I will obviously credit whoever wrote each story. I'll give them credit at the end of each story. Experiences of owners where their cat or dog has seemed to tap into something in their home or in other people that the owner could not see or hear or understand in that moment. Now, before I do that, I do have a quick story of my own, again, involving Miss Coco. About a week ago, I was falling asleep, and I've been really tired lately. It has to do with coming off of a certain kind of medication. It's left me very fatigued, so I have been having the deepest sleep riddled with the strangest dreams lately. So I'm in this kind of state. I've just laid down. I'm already very close to sleep when suddenly in my bedroom I heard. So I have these drawers under my bed frame and they have these handles that are like door knockers. They're metal. They're pretty heavy and when you open the drawer they make this like clang sound against the wood of the drawer. So as I was falling asleep I heard the clang of one of the handles on one of the drawers as though someone had opened or closed the drawer or had lifted the handle and let it drop. Now my partner was steadfastly asleep beside me, did not react. I was like frozen, making every effort not to look in the floor-length mirror to the left of me. And Coco, who was sitting at my feet, she bolted upright she sat very still and tall like a statue. She whipped her head around to the source of the sound. I'd like to tell you that I was brave enough to like lean over and make sure that the drawer was closed, but I wasn't. I just kind of like, <laughs> I think that we like exchanged a glance. She slowly like lay down again at my feet. I put my eye mask over my eyes and I was like, well, whatever that is, I am not going to figure it out right now in the dark with my cat. I prefer to live another day. So she did stare really intently at the source of the sound. And it's not like she jumped down to take a closer look at the drawer or the handle. She was just staring at a spot beside the bed really intently. And I wasn't brave enough to roll over and examine it with her. Anyway, I honestly don't know what that was because I, I don't know how the drawer could have made a sound without somebody physically opening or closing it. So let's move away from my own story and let's tell some stories to do with other cats and dogs who have reacted to something outside of their owner's understanding. These first few stories come from a Bustle article. Here's the first, quote, We have a dog. We spoil him a lot. He used to have a collar and leash to keep it in place at night because he once knocked over a table and nibbled on my sister's phone when he wasn't tied down. But he didn't like being alone at night downstairs. He used to wake us all up with his whining. We thought he just didn't like being tied down or wanted to be with us upstairs. So finally I relented and brought him upstairs to sleep. No collar, no leash. It stopped the whining. But here's the thing. Quite literally, every night at 3 a.m., our dog gets up and does an inspection of all the rooms. Not before 3 a.m. and not after. Our bedroom doors are always open, so he has free access all around. 
If he happens to be sleeping on someone's bed, he gets restless and wants to be let down. 3 a.m., like clockwork, he wakes up. When we do let him down, he goes from room to room, then falls asleep in the doorway of my parents' room. It's happened every night that we could observe him. I don't know what happens in our house at 3 a.m., but several times when we do catch him in the act, he looks at the doorway of the room, then stares at the person looking at him, then back at the doorway again. End quote. Old Rocking Chair is the author of that particular story. I imagine that these were initially pulled from Reddit or some other site that uses usernames. So what's interesting about this story to me is not only the strangeness of the repeated vigils, but the fact that they happen at 3 a.m. Anybody who knows anything about hauntings knows that that's the witching hour. That's the hour when the veil between this world and the next is thinnest, and strange things are most likely to happen. Well, that's what they say anyway. Really interesting behavior. I wonder what he's guarding his family against, and I wonder what he seems to see in the doorway that they can't when he's sort of intercepted on his rounds. Here's our next story. Quote, I'm laying in bed reading with my dog at night. My bedroom door is open and my room is the only room in the house with the lights on. It's completely silent. I took a quick glance at my dog. My dog is staring out the door into pure darkness. I see him slowly tilting his head to the side, which he only does when he sees or hears something that seems bizarre. He growls for a good minute, then he notices me staring at him and wags his tail. End quote story is by the fantastically named Octo Poodle. I don't even know what to make of that story. I think if that happened to me, I would have to leave wherever I was or like sleep downstairs in the living room or turn on every light in the house or something. What did he see in that pitch darkness? Our next story is by the unfortunately named Choding with a zero rather than an O. Quote, when my dog was younger, she was always friendly and would happily approach anyone who came into our house. But one day, a guy that my brother worked with had come over to our house while it was just me and my mother at home. As soon as my dog saw him, her hair stood on end. She took a defense position and started viciously barking at him. We kept telling her to stop, but she wouldn't let up. She is a small dog, but she looked so intimidating that the guy ended up leaving. A few months later, no word of a lie. He was arrested for several counts of rape, end quote. Now that is a story, not to say that I don't believe the others, but this story is so concrete. There was something off about that man and the dog knew it. I'm going to get into the science of sort of what dogs and cats can see and understand that we cannot. And it does not surprise me at all that a dog was able to sense the badness or the evilness of that man before his actions ever came out to his family or friends or to the public. I'm going to wrap up with three stories now from a BuzzFeed article. This first one came from a Natty K. Quote, as I watched TV, my cat walked into the room and jumped on my lap. Suddenly, he just stopped and stared out of the window behind me intently. He dug his claws into my shoulder and lowered his head as if to focus on something outside. He then started to meow in a low tone as if something was creeping up behind me, which sent a chill down my spine. He suddenly moved his head to the right, and before I could react, I heard my mom beep the family car horn, which startled me enough to get up and run to the front door screaming, cradling my cat like a baby. I was too afraid to turn around that night, 
so I'll never know if there was someone, something, or nothing at the window behind me. End quote. Oh, that one gave me a little shiver, for sure. This next was submitted by a Krista L. appeared in that same BuzzFeed article. Quote, When I was a kid, I had a big orange tabby named Leo. In our den, we had a huge china hutch that our cats knew they weren't allowed on. One day, as I was watching TV, Leo starts meowing very insistently and looking above my head. After about two minutes of me ignoring him, he jumps up on the hutch, wedges himself behind a crystal bowl, and starts twitching his tail. He then started making these long, keening wails. Eventually, I get up to get him so he doesn't break anything. I walk across the room, and no sooner did I pick him up that a very large wooden shelf filled with knickknacks falls off the wall, right where my head had been lying on the couch. End quote. That is pretty remarkable. Whether or not that's supernatural, the fact that the cat seemed able to predict it, pretty remarkable. And again, be talking sort of about the science or what could be a scientific explanation for that kind of sixth sense in just a moment. Here's the last story. Quote, my childhood cat went into the utility room and was just staring at his glass food dish, which then proceeded to violently explode into smithereens, covering the whole room. The cat was unharmed. End quote. And that story was by a Philippa D. That, that, I don't know about that one at all. I don't know if the cat had like some kind of laser focus, literal laser focus on that dish. Or if it just knew that something was wrong, if there was some frequency that nobody else could hear or feel. That is a truly strange story. So let's examine now whether there are any scientific explanations for this habit of cats and dogs seemingly sensing with the utmost interest and awareness things that we are not able to see or hear or smell or feel. The first thought, I think, in a lot of owners' minds, including my own, especially late at night in the dark, is that they are absolutely witnessing some paranormal thing, that they are staring down a ghost or are aware of some paranormal imprint and that that is causing this reaction. But there are, in fact, a number of scientific and behavioral explanations for this behavior. Before I get to that, I will give you this list as presented by a self-described sort of ghost enthusiast hunter. She has experienced what she feels are a number of paranormal events with her pugs in places that she has traveled that have a purported haunted history. And she says that there are six signs that your dog, and in particular she's talking about dogs, could be seeing a ghost, could be witnessing a paranormal event. So here's what she says. If he appears to have a, quote, six sense, if he sees something you don't, smells something you don't, hears something you can't, if he becomes either unusually attracted to or scared of a particular spot in your home or in another building or even outdoors, or if he suddenly begins to behave differently, those could all be signs that your dog is having a paranormal experience 
outside of your realm of understanding and outside of your senses' ability to perceive that it is happening. So FYI. But let's take a look at the science behind some of these statements. So coming first to the idea of our animals being able to see something that we cannot. According to a veterinarian named Rachel Barrick, and she's speaking specifically about cats, but the same is true of dogs, when our animals appear to be staring off into space, they appear to be staring at what we perceive as nothing. It is possible that they are detecting subtle motion, subtle movement that we are simply not able to pick up on. So they might not be staring at nothing at all. There's also this oft-cited study in 2014 that kind of addressed this question of what could cause an animal to seem to be captivated by something that we can't see at all. It's this 2014 study that says that both dogs and cats see spectrums of light that we don't. So it's possible that when we think that an animal is looking at nothing, that they are seeing movements of light or variations of light that we are simply not able to perceive. So compared to the human eye, cats have six to eight times as many light-sensing rods, which means that they can also see movement in very low light. So another woman who works with cats, Katie Armour, she works at an adoption center in Boston. She believes that when cats are looking into a dark corner or at a wall or seem to be looking somehow beyond the wall, they are simply seeing and hearing things that we as humans cannot. So when the cat is staring at something and maybe even like vocalizing either with us or seemingly to itself, they are perceiving movement that we cannot and they're trying to figure out what it is. They're sort of trying to, they're trying to assess the situation and figure out if it's safe. Now, Coco always snaps out of this state whenever she enters it. The reason that it appears creepy abnormal to me is because I simply cannot perceive whatever it is that she had. That's not to say, I mean, maybe the thing that she can perceive and that I can't is some kind of like ghost that exists on some other light frequency not perceivable to humans. Armour, this woman who works at this shelter, she has this quote in this article in the Dodo that was one of my main resources she suggests that it could be fun to bond with your cat by trying to figure out what they're perceiving and to trying to try to figure out like together whether what they're perceiving is safe or normal she says <laughs> quote shine a flashlight into that dark corner press your ear against the wall to hear what they're hearing end quote so gogo might be like perceiving something and trying to make sense of it and power to her she's curious she's making sense of her world clearly there has been nothing that she's perceived that's ever been a real danger to us but i am i am not shining a light into a dark corner that my cat is staring at and i am not pressing my my ear up against the wall to hear what she's hearing like sure i'd love to know what she's experiencing, but I feel like those are ways in which to get yourself killed off in a horror movie. So other explanations for the tendency of cats and dogs to exhibit this behavior is that they have a much more acute sense of smell than we do. This comes back to the story about the dog who was able to identify the bad man, the rapist, who just absolutely lost its mind in his presence. He could have been emitting some kind of smell himself. He could have perhaps had some 
this is a terrible thought, but like the smell of anxiety or fear of one of his victims on him, that sense, their sense of smell, especially in dogs, in cats as well, but especially in dogs, is just so acute that when they seem to zone out and be fixated on something could be a smell that we're never going to be able to perceive but that is telling them that information that is making them interested or even anxious. And I think that that is how dogs especially are able to pick up on unsavory people. They can pick up on those scents, the sense of fear or anxiety. So then in terms of hearing, both cats and dogs can hear higher frequency sounds than humans, and cats are also able to move their ears independently of one another to really pinpoint a sound, which is, if I'm perfectly rational, I think that that's what's happening with Coco when she looks at that corner of the ceiling of my bedroom. I see her ears moving, and I wonder if it has to do with someone in the apartment above us beside us and if she's just honing in on the sound of footsteps or some other sound that's coming out of that unit. Maybe I just tell that to make myself feel better but again it could come down to these heightened senses that we as humans simply do not have. Now when it comes to like the supernatural and the ways in which we as humans try to capture supernatural events or understand supernatural events. We do try to use like amplified microphones and EMF readers to encourage ghosts to access the technology or access frequencies to use their energy to speak or to give a message through those technological means. I'm not someone who has participated actively in that kind of technological ghost hunting, but I know it's something that other uh, paranormal investigators swear by. It's not something that the haunted walk that I worked as a tour guide for actively did on the average tour, but anyway, it's kind of a, a staple of the ghost hunting world. So the EMF readers pick up on sort of electromagnetic signals that might be emitted by a ghostly presence, pick up on variations that are not human in nature. There's some people who believe that if that is the case, that cats and dogs might be tapped into that field or that frequency and be able to see or hear those emissions uh, that we would rely on those technologies to pick up on our behalf. That's not something that's been proven, obviously, we don't know if ghosts or if EMF readers even work or if that science is sound, but there is the belief that if the technology is picking up on something that we cannot see, that maybe cats or dogs are tuned into it and are able to pick up on that frequency or that field emitted by some supernatural presence. Cat or dog is essentially a living, breathing EMF reader. I take it with a grain of salt. You're welcome to do the same. And finally, we know that dog predicted weather disasters like hurricanes and that animals seem to be tapped into atmospheric pressure changes. I don't know if you've ever had an animal who's made very anxious by thunderstorms. My grandmother had a dog named Lucy who was, and she was terrified not just of the actual thunderstorm. It wasn't about the sound of the thunder. It had to do with the atmospheric change that day leading up to the storm. She was just an absolute wreck. She could sense it coming, and it, it did something to her. I'm not sure if she was in physical pain, but she became very, very anxious and had to hide like in the darkest, most enclosed space in the house. She had to go on anxiety meds, and this was before the storm 
form even promise to break. So we know that animals are tuned into atmospheric pressure changes. So if what they're sensing is a ghost, I mean, we always associate the paranormal with like a drop in temperature. Maybe they're sensing something like that, and maybe it's based on a supernatural presence, and maybe it's not. Coming back again to the idea of the dog being able to identify the bad man. Animals are so tuned into us. So if we are fearful, if the owner in that particular story was made subconsciously uncomfortable by that man, the dog probably picked up on it and then reflected that anxiety back toward the man as a perceived threat. So when Gogo stares at Spot beside my bed because there was a weird sound and she's totally like on edge, could very well be because I also heard the sound and I am totally on edge and she is putting down what she's picking up from me. So sometimes it could be that we are to blame for our animal's strange behavior. If you're in a house alone and you're already nervous, maybe your cat or dog is picking up on that, is acting bizarrely as a result, which in turn makes you more scared. And then the two of you are trapped in this kind of cycle of anxiety or being on the lookout for something that is not there. So there is a lot of science and things that we can attribute to cat and dog physiology and behavior that would explain away the idea that this tendency of theirs is less in response to the supernatural and, and more to do with the way in which they perceive their world, which is so different from how we do. Now, not to say that they're not picking up on something that we can't see, some lingering feeling or emotion, some imprint of a past life or a past incident. I'm not here to say what's real and what's not. I just want you to know it makes you feel better that science has your back that it might not be a demon after all. It might just be the way that your cat or dog is wired. In any case, this does conclude episode 10 of Are You Afraid of the Bark? Thank you, as always, for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Feel free to reach out to me to let me know what you thought. I really, I'm always happy to hear from you, even if it's to say more of this or less of this. Just let me know what you think. I can be reached by email at afraidofthebarkpodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at afraidofthebark, Facebook is A-Y-A-O-T-B podcast, and Instagram is afraidofthebarkpodcast. I'm also going to ask, because I haven't in a while, if you like the podcast and if you have not yet reviewed it on Apple Podcasts, please, 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 please consider making an account and logging in and leaving a starred or even better, a written review. It would just be immensely helpful. I've been able to get some traction in terms of listeners in the past little while. It's slowly growing and it makes me so happy. And if you're able to do that, it would help me reach an even larger audience. So thank you so much for listening. Let me know if your pet stares at walls. <laughs> and uh, if you believe me that it could be nothing, or if you think that it's everything, if you think that they're tapping into some haunting in your house, I'd love to hear your story. That story, any story having to do with the supernatural and your pets. So thank you very much for listening. When you hear from me next, it will be Halloween. So I'm trying to think of the perfect Halloween podcast topic. If you have any ideas, let me know. Otherwise, I'm really looking forward to talking to you then on what is arguably just the best day of the year. So thank you very much once again for being with me and for listening. 
And as always, I'm going to leave you tonight by wishing that you simply have sweet dreams. Good night. Ha, ha, ha.